This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. If you like this podcast, you're going to really like McClanahan Academy. Head over to mclanahanacademy.com. That's mclanahanacademy.com. Enroll. It's free of charge. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, I've got nearly 20 classes there available for purchase. Go to mclanahanacademy.com, enroll today, and get a real history education. The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 514. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to The Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. Like my Facebook page and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me that email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to McClanahan Academy. You already heard about that. You can also go to Brian McClanahan. Click on that support, brianmcclanahan.com, I should say. Click on that support tab. You can throw a few pennies my way. Get a book plate, autograph one of my books, Great way to support the show. You can also purchase one of my books. I've got a number of those. My most recent is The Jeffersonian Tradition, also Southern Scribblings. Both great books. You can also click on that shop tab at brianmcclanahan.com. Get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff. Go to Learn True, T-R-U-E, LearnTrueHistory.com. That's my affiliate link for Tom Wizzleman Classroom. A lot of great ways to support the show. Of course, a great way to support the show is also to share it around on social media. Rate it where you get this podcast. Let people know you're thinking locally and acting locally. And send me those show requests. And today, we're going to have a great week at the Brian McClanahan Show. In fact, uh, just about everything this week is based on a listener request, something that you wanted me to talk about. And the first thing we're going to address is General Miley. Woke General Miley's insistence that if we were going to go to war with China, he was going to let them know. And so I had some people ask me about this. Okay, look, is this treason? Is is General Miley's admission that he talked to the Chinese, General Lee, that General Lee's okay, but not the American General Lee. So let's let's get this straight. This is General Lee L-I, but not General Lee L-E-E. Right? So we have to be careful with that because, I mean, woke General Miley might get confused with this and not understand he's talking to that General Lee and not the other General Lee. But anyways, we, we can talk to the communists all we want. We can... We can Support them and do it, but we can't. We can't say any good things about the American General Lee. That would be a bad thing. So General Miley has come out and said, "Hey, okay, look, if we're going to go to war with China, I'm going to let them know." That's the problem. Okay, so I'm going to read a couple of different perspectives on this, and I'm going to give you a little historical, uh, my historical opinion, and what's where this has happened before, at least theoretically, but not in the way that Miley did it. And I think this is this is where it gets interesting. Miley, as the highest-ranking general officer in the United States, is in a different position than a civil office. So I'm going to give you a Hamiltonian example of something like this. But Miley's action, if it would have happened, would have constituted treason, in my opinion. 
Now, if, if it worked out the way that he said it would. So first and foremost, the accusation, of course, is that in a new book, Bob Woodward's writing this book in the last days of the Trump administration, Miley apparently got on the phone with the Chinese and said, um, look, we're not going to go to war with you. So this is an article from uh, NBC News published on September 17th. The top U.S. military officer said Friday that calls he made to his Chinese counterpart in the final stormy months of Donald Trump's presidency were, quote, perfectly within the duties and responsibilities of his job. Now, what's interesting about that is here again is the highest ranking general officer of the United States saying that his job is to talk to other general officers of other countries and let them know what the United States military is doing. Now, he's not Secretary of State. He doesn't have any position except for General Officer of the United States Armed Forces, which means that his job is to do whatever he is told to do if the civilian population says we're going to go to war with China. And what I mean by that is that if the Congress declares war on China, which is the only way it should really happen, but you also have the President of the United States, of course, who was elected, a civilian leadership. We have civilian leadership of the United States Armed Forces. This is by design. This is exactly what the founding generation wanted. They wanted civilian control of the military. And I'm old enough to remember when that leftists, leftists, insisted that we didn't need some type of military dictatorship in the United States. They were completely afraid during the Cold War that the military had grown too large and had too much influence over the American government, particularly Ronald Reagan, George H.W. Bush. These are people that, I mean, even Bill Clinton, these are people that were in office when I was you know, going through undergraduate studies, graduate studies, and I remember my leftist professors, I have one in particular, she was very concerned about uh, this type of influence, and she was a Latin American historian by trade, and so... She looked at South America and saw things like Pinochet and the, and the Perones and all, you know, Argentina, Chile, and how much influence the military had in those particular regions of the world and how you would get these third world dictatorships, military dictatorships. And you had to have civilian control of the military. When you go back and look at the founding generation, it's something they talked about. It's why they wanted the militia. They didn't want a permanent professional army. A large permanent professional army. Even Jefferson would capitulate a little bit and say, "Okay, well, we got to at least train some officers. We got to have a, a very small cadre of people there when we're initially attacked to try to repel the attack, and then we can call it militia and we've got enough men to go fight." But you didn't want a large, as Eisenhower called it, military-industrial complex. It's amazing that I talk about Eisenhower because I'm going to get into that farewell address, Eisenhower's farewell address, which is where that comes from. In my newest course, which will be out in early October, 26 speeches that changed America. So uh, I'm going to talk about that Eisenhower farewell address in that particular class. You're going to want to get that one. It comes out early October. Not sure of the exact release date yet, but stay tuned. It's going to be awesome. It's a one-off class. And I'm going to get into some of these speeches that have been so important. So you've got Miley saying this is in his duties and responsibilities of his job to contact foreign generals and let them know what the United States military is doing. Does he do this with all his foreign Does he contact every foreign general? Does he contact the Russians? Does he contact, uh, you know, I don't know, take your pick of some other foreign power. 
contact the Canadians? Does he contact the Mexican army? Does he do this on a regular basis? Maybe he does. I don't know. Maybe this is something that's par for the course now that American general officers are engaging in clandestine foreign operations where they call foreign powers and say, you know what we're going to do? This is what we're going to do with our military today. Miley is a problem. He is a woke general. He's awful. And this is perfectly a nice, a nice example, a perfect example of Trump's bungling of his responsibilities as president. He appointed him. This is a Trump appointee. Why? Why would you do that? Why would you appoint somebody like this? And of course, he's appointing neoconservatives to different areas, West Coast Straussians, which they're just cousins of neoconservatives to different areas. This is what he's doing. Trump was a disaster in terms of putting bad people in the government. So let me continue this particular uh, essay here, this, this uh, piece. In his first public comments on the conversations, General Mark Miley said that such calls are routine and were done to reassure both allies and adversaries, in this case, in order to ensure strategic stability. Well, what would be unstable? I guess he's thinking, well, I mean, one of these conversations happened two days after the January 6th, quote-unquote, insurrection, where, as Norm Macdonald pointed out before he died, which was hilarious, these terrorists are walking through the velvet ropes of the Capitol, right? I mean, this is just so stupid. You call this an insurrection at all. It is an insurrection to the nincompoops in government because somebody's actually challenging their legitimacy. They're challenging their legitimacy, and that's an insurrection. Ridiculous. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff spoke to the Associated Press and other reporter, another reporter traveling with him in Europe. Miley has been at the center of a firestorm. In reports, he made two calls to General Li Zhucheng of the People's Liberation Army to ensure him that the United States was not going to suddenly go to war with or attack China. Sure, I mean, this is the problem. The guy has called a foreign power and said, you know what, we're not going to go to war with you. We're not going to attack you. And if we are, I'll call you and let you know. Well, gee, that gives away the element of surprise. That's something you want to do. Now, I mean, okay, you could go back and look at the 18th century when there were rules of warfare and you told the other side, we're going to meet on this field at this time. We don't do that kind of stuff. We don't have pitched battles anymore. Part of modern warfare that the that was really created during the uh, war for Southern independence was this idea of speed, mobility, and surprise. It's what James Harrison Wilson of the Union Army was doing in the South moving as quickly as you could, not letting the other side get the advantage or get a defensive posture and moving right through Alabama. That's what he did. And of course, then that was later studied by the German military schools. And this was adopted. That particular idea was adopted in early World War I by the Germans. And then, of course, the Germans would use it again in World War II. They call it Blitzkrieg. So this is, this is something that's become part of modern warfare. Well, Miley has just said, no, we're not going to do that anymore. We're, we're going to let them know if we're going to go to war with you. Descriptions of the calls made last October and in January were first aired in excerpts from the forthcoming book Peril by Washington Post journalists Bob Woodward and Robert Costa. The book says Miley told Lee that he would warn Lee in the event of an attack. He would warn him in the event of an Here. Now, in the, during the Cold War, we would have seen a Soviet commander 
acting in a heroic way to do this, to event, to prevent some type of nuclear war situation. We would have seen that Soviet general as a hero to the United States because he allowed us to prepare or to launch a counterattack. But who would that Soviet general really be working for at that point? Not the Soviet Union. He'd be working for the United States. So is General Miley now working for the Chinese government? Is General Lee of China his commanding officer? This is the question you have to ask. Miley on Friday offered only a brief defense of his calls, saying he plans a deeper discussion about the matter for Congress when he testifies at a hearing later in September. And again, there could be less to this than what we're all leading on to, but this is, this is pretty damning. He says, I think it's best that I reserve my comments on the record until I do that in front of the lawmakers who have the lawful responsibility to oversee the U.S. military, Miley said. I go into any level of detail Congress wants to go into in a couple of weeks. Miley and U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin are scheduled to testify September 28th before the Senate Armed Services Committee in what initially was going to be a hearing on the U.S. military withdrawal from Afghanistan and the chaotic evacuation of Americans, Afghans, and others from that country. Now, however, Miley is expected to face tough questions on the telephone calls, which came during Trump's turbulent last months in office as he challenged the results of the 2020 election. The second call on January 8th came two days after a violent mob Attacked the U.S. Capitol. Attacked the U.S. Capitol. Well, I mean, if they're attacking it, why are they walking through the velvet ropes? And I mean, come on now. In an effort to prevent Congress from certifying Joe Biden's White House victory, a special House committee in the, that is investigating the, the January 6th riot, again, the language used here is just ridiculously stupid, at the Capitol has asked for details from Miley's calls. U.S. Reps Bernie Thompson, Democrat Mississippi, and Liz Cheney, Republican Wyoming, Leaders of the committee have also sought records related to the November election, the transfer of power from Trump to Biden, and the riot. Miley was appointed Joint Chiefs Chairman by Trump in 2019 and has remained in that post in the Biden administration. As Chairman, Miley is the top military advisor to the President and to the Defense Secretary. The White House and the Pentagon Chief have said they continue to have full trust and confidence in Miley. Well, of course, because Miley is acting on behalf of the Democrat Party and the Chinese government which was not acting on behalf of Trump. Now, this is the real issue. Trump had one foreign policy, and Miley is countering that. The new book says Miley, fearful of Trump's actions late in his term, twice called his Chinese counterpart to assure him that the U.S. was not going to attack China. One call took place on October 30th, four days before the American election. The second call was on January 8th, less than two weeks before Biden's inauguration and two days after the riot at the Capitol by supporters of Trump. Some law, U.S. lawmakers have said Miley overstepped his authority, and they have called for Biden to fire him. Trump blasted Miley as treasonous, called him a complete nutjob, and said Miley never told me about calls being made to China. Now, this is important. This is important. Now, I'm going to give you a historical example on this. So here's President Trump trying to direct American foreign policy. He's got a Secretary of State, at that time Pompeo. He's got a Secretary of Defense, which in the founding period would have been the Secretary of War. He's got these civilians in charge of different branches of government. Of course, he is also a civilian in charge of directing American foreign policy. We don't know what Trump's 
paramount objective in his Chinese foreign policy was. I mean, it was a little bit scatterbrained at times and scattershot, it seemed to be. One, one point he's against China, another point he's trying to create a nice relationship with China, whatever. He's trying to gain American advantages with China. I mean, I think that's clear. But how he was doing it wasn't, wasn't always clear. And Trump tells his Secretary of State that the final word comes to Trump. He tells the Secretary of State what to do with, with China. He can have input from anybody in the cabinet. He can have input from the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He can have input from any of these people. But once the decision is made by the Trump administration, that decision comes from the singular representative of American foreign policy, and that is the President of the United States. This is exactly how the Constitution was sold. You have one person. The buck stops here, as Harry Truman said. The buck stops here. The president becomes responsible for American foreign policy. Now, if there's a treaty or if there's a question of war, the Congress is going to have a role in that. But in this particular case, the direction of American foreign policy goes through Trump. And when he says he never told me about calls being made to China, that is a major red flag. Because that means Miley was working behind the scenes and undermining the Trump administration. And Trump is the duly elected president of the United States at that point. I don't care if it's Biden, Obama, Trump, whoever. Clinton, Bush, the president as duly elected is the person that that you have, again, all, all energy is put on that particular person because that's by design. They are the... not. We'll use that term commander-in-chief because that's only when you have the U.S. military in uh, in service of the United States. But they are head of state. The president is head of state, and they direct American foreign policy. Now, we know that stuff like this has gone on for a couple of hundred years, that there were people always in the American government who were out there working against the interests of the President of the United States or the direction of the President of the United States. And I go back to Alexander Hamilton as one of the first examples of this. During the 1790s, early 1790s, when America was still aligned with France and we had the early stages of the French Revolution, about 1790 is when this happened. The early stages of the French Revolution, Louis XVI is still on the throne of France, he hasn't been deposed yet and executed. You don't have, but you do have France going to war. The French Estates General had pushed France into war. And of course, that's going to bring the Americans problems because of Spain, Great Britain. I mean, all of this is, is a major issue. So the Washington administration was trying to come up with a way to avoid warfare with both the British and potentially the French and the Spanish. And the Secretary of State, Thomas Jefferson, certainly interested in a more pro-French foreign policy. But he was, they were always, they're trying to negotiate a way out of the Treaty of Perpetual Alliance, essentially, with the French. At the same time all that's going on, you have Alexander Hamilton, who is Secretary of the Treasury, privately meeting with a British agent named Gordon Beckwith. In fact, Hamilton obtains a name from the British government, essentially, Agent Number 7. So Hamilton gets a code name in correspondence back to Britain. It's being written back to the British government that there's a guy here in America 
who's agent number seven, that's Alexander Hamilton, who's trying to work against the Washington administration behind Washington's back to come up with some type of treaty of friendship, uh, commercial treaty with the British. He's trying to work something out. Now, on one hand, you can say, well, this is actually good because we're trying to avoid war with the British. But Washington had no idea this was happening. Zero. So you've got Hamilton out there trying to negotiate some type of treaty. He's not Secretary of State. He's not Secretary of War. He's not President. He's Secretary of Treasury. Jefferson is Secretary of State. He's, he's directing American foreign policy with Washington's, of course, input. So they're working on foreign policy. Hamilton doesn't have any role in American foreign policy. And yet, as agent number seven, he is working behind the scenes to try to create some type of commercial relationship with the British. Now, uh, he had opportunities to tell Washington he was doing this. He didn't do it. So when Trump says, I had no idea this was going on, George Washington could have said the same exact thing in 1790 when Hamilton was working behind the scenes to undermine the Washington administration. Now, was this treason? No. Was it highly irregular? Yes. In fact, Hamilton had Governor Morris sent over to London knowing he was going to fail, but had him sent to London anyways so they could they could have a scapegoat, essentially, when things didn't work out. This is how all of this clandestine stuff, and I'm sure these things happen all the time, all the time, particularly when you have such a large and powerful central government like you have in the United States. The piece continues, Biden told reporters after the disclosures in the book that I have great confidence in General Miley. Miley's office in a statement this week said the calls were intended to convey reassurance to the Chinese military and were in line with his responsibilities as Joint Chiefs Chairman. The statement from Miley spoke, spokesman Colonel Dave Butler also said that the calls were, quote, staffed, coordinated, and communicated with the Pentagon and other federal agencies, but not the White House. <laughs> so Trump is cut out. He is, he is General Miley's boss because General, uh, Trump is commander-in-chief and the United States is in a permanent wartime footing. So that is the case. So he's cut out Trump. The Trump White House wasn't informed. That's not treason, but it's highly irregular. According to the book, which the AP obtained, Miley assured his Chinese counterpart in the first call that, quote, the American government is stable and everything is going to be okay. Well, why would you think otherwise? It is said he told Lee, quote, we are not going to attack or conduct any kinetic operations against you. Well, that's good to know. And he said this, quote, if we're going to attack... I'm going to call you ahead of time. It's not going to be a surprise. Well, that is the real kicker. That would be like uh, some other entity, a uh, United States general officer at any time. It's like Eisenhower writing to, uh, writing to the Germans before D-Day and saying, you know what, we're going to attack. Just so you know, we're going to attack right here at this time. Hope you're ready. That is the real dangerous statement. 
and that's the treasonous statement. If we have gone to war with China, let's say Congress declares war. Somehow Congress decided the Chinese did something, and the Congress declares war on China. Would Miley have made that call? Uh, we're going to attack. Uh, we're going to declare war on you, so get ready. I think he would have. Miley spoke with a number of other military leaders around the world after the January 6th riot. They included leaders from the United Kingdom, Russia, and Pakistan. A description of those calls in January referred to several other counterparts that Miley spoke to with similar messages of reassurance that the U.S. government was strong and in control. I mean, look, in a way I understand this. If there is some kind of question that we don't have stability in the United States, but we did. Right? It was stable. The Congress certified the results. It was going to happen. There was going to be a transfer of power. Now, is is this a military coup? Is is the military trying to get rid of the president? They've certainly sidestepped his authority. The Trump was still president January sixth. He was he was president for another couple of weeks. The second call was meant to placate Chinese fears about the events of January sixth. But the book reports that Lee wasn't as easily assuaged, even after Miley promised him we are 100% steady, everything's fine, but democracy can be sloppy sometimes. What the heck does it matter what General Lee cares about? We're fine to take down General Lee and (laughs) and Richmond. Well, this General Lee is more important. In response to the book, U.S. Senator Marco Rubio urged Biden to fire Miley, saying that the general worked to actively undermine the American commander-in-chief Trump. Now, what's interesting about this is that there are others, for example, Colonel Alexander Vindman, who, of course, was testifying against Trump during Trump's impeachment trial, saying that Miley has to resign over this, that because he placed the military above the civilian population, he should go. So what's interesting about that to me with Vindman is that See, and, and I think there's a reason why the Hill and why others have published this. See, Vindman is really just for the United States. He was right on with Trump, and now that he's coming out against Miley, the left knows this is highly troubling for Miley. And you've got the you've got Jen Pocky out there uh, because we don't we don't say the it's it's not Psalms, it's Palms. We've got Jennifer Pocky out there saying that the uh, the Trump administration. I'm sorry, the Biden administration has never violated the Constitution, has never caused an insurrection, has never blah, blah, blah. So they're going to support, they're going to support Miley. But the left knows something's really wrong here. And part of that is because since World War II, we've never left a wartime footing. We've been in a wartime situation since the end of that great big war. In fact, this is when I get in, I get into this in nine presidents who screwed up America. Truman just, they just renamed stuff and kept the stuff in place. All of this military apparatus that was created after or during World War II is still in place. We just renamed it something, but it's still there. And so we've, the, the, the left, all the things the left is bad for, the real good leftists know that we've got a military problem in the United States. And they know this looks really bad, but... Um, they've got to also make Trump look bad, too. So if Vindman comes out and says, well, I mean, if this is true, Miley should resign. Well, there we go. I mean, here's a guy that's just been rock solid on the on the powers of the executive branch. Trump was doing th- something that should have led to impeachment. Here we've got General Miley out there doing something that's borders on treason, so we got to get rid of him, too. 
is to show that this Vindman is consistent. He's just consistently in favor of limiting executive power and blowing the whistle on bad things. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think that uh, Trump can direct foreign policy, but General Miley cannot. And the U.S. military, if anything, I mean, one, one representative, if this is a military coup, if there's anything there, this is it. The military trying to usurp authority from the President of the United States, all because they don't like the President of the United States. But we'll see. I mean, there's going to be testimony. So we'll see what comes out of this and see where this goes. But that part of it, where Miley said he is going to notify the Chinese if war is declared or if there is a military action, that's where you get into treason. Before that point, no. Uh, it's highly irregular, highly problematic, not something you do. And we go back to Hamilton. The difference between Hamilton and Miley, though, is that Hamilton was Secretary of Treasury. He was a civilian employee of the government. He wasn't leading the American military. He wasn't a general officer. He wasn't in the U.S. military at the time and following orders. If Trump told General Miley to go to war because we've declared war on China and this is what you're going to do, you wouldn't expect him to say, hey, Lee, we've got, we're going to be invading here, here, and here. We're going to do this. You wouldn't expect him to do that. His job is to act in the interests of the United States. Was he acting in the interests of the United States? Well, trying to play peacemaker maybe, but there, was there any... Was there any indication that Trump was going to launch nuclear missiles or go to war with China? Was there any indication there? I, not that I've seen. Maybe there was. Maybe we don't have the whole story. But uh, certainly, um, this is highly irregular for a general officer to do this and something that should be roundly criticized. And again, Miley should probably resign over this. He should leave his position, and uh, there should be no question about that. All right. So this was brought up. Is it treason? No, not by not by the definition that's given in the Constitution. If Miley had done this, if we were at war with China, then you could say that's treason. That's giving aid and comfort to your enemy, and that is treason. Okay, so if that was the case, then you could say, but we're not at war with China. Um, it is we're in a dicey diplomatic situation with China, but not at war with China. So uh, Miley did nothing wrong on that side, but highly irregular, and should at least resign over this uh, because you can't really trust him to work in the best interest of the United States. All right. I'll see you tomorrow on the Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.